Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas, on this Wednesday night or evening. Uh, August 21st, man, the year is going by quick. We've got about, what, three or four months left in the year of 2019, but football is back as NFL preseason kicks off their week three starting tomorrow. And as you know, if you've been listening to the show the last couple of years, I've been consistently covering the Houston Texans. And right now the Texans are one and one in the preseason uh, so far. Last Saturday they played home. And they hosted Detroit Lions in a winning 30-23. to 23. But for the most part, a lot of us really don't focus too much on the final score in preseason. We want to look at the individual play of certain players. And starting off with the Texans, offensively, we got to start with their quarterback, Deshaun Watson. He made his debut of the 2019 season last week in the preseason game. And he led his team down the field for a 75-yard touchdown, capping off a touchdown pass to his favorite target, and DeAndre Hopkins. So Deshaun Watson, he ended up finishing with he was five for seven, sixty yards, had you know, eight eight point six average a uh, uh, pass, and he finished up with that one TD to DeAndre Hopkins. So I wanted to see, you know, a lot is resting on the franchise quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is the uh, franchise quarterback just mentioned, and he's going into his third season for the Houston Texans. So it's uh, maturity as far as at a quarterback position, there's a lot of expectations. Well, it was expectation from the beginning, but the expectation is starting to grow now with Deshaun Watson going into his third season, and, and rightfully so. The Houston Texans made the playoffs, and they want to be able to get to the Super Bowl uh, with their dual-threat quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Watson is a guy out of Clemson, and you know, if you don't know a little bit about Deshaun Watson, he's known to be a winner. Uh, won the national championship, beating and upset Alabama at Clemson, and also was a state champion high school player in the state of uh, Georgia. I want to say it was Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Uh, yeah, Georgia. It was Georgia. State of Georgia and high school. So with that being said, he's known to be a winner, and he's known to be able to produce on the football field. Now in the NFL, it's time for him to step his game up as well as elevate the Houston Texans franchise and make a, a, a push for the, for the Super Bowl. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, the Houston Texans now wants to make that push, want to be a, a team to be a threat in the AFC, not just in the AFC South, but also in the AFC uh, division. No one can really get over the hump of the New England Patriots, rightly so, with Tom Brady as quarterback and Bill Belichick as the head coach. But the Houston Texans could make a threat this year or can be a threat this year with their quarterback and Deshaun Watson. Now, some of the negative about the Houston Texans last year, they gave up 62 sacks to Deshaun Watson, a dual-threat quarterback, the most hit, the most hit quarterback uh, last season and sack quarterback. Uh, the Texans had to reassure not just to Deshaun Watson but also to their their fan base is that they had to improve their offensive line. So they ended up drafting a, uh, a young man, Howard, uh, Titus Howard, out of Alabama State, 
saw him playing a lot of guard last week at the uh, Detroit Lions game, and he brought him in as a tackle, but he's playing guard as a, as a right now. But the offensive line is the most important part. Uh, you know Deshaun Watson will find his target in DeAndre Hopkins, like you saw last Saturday in the opening drive uh, for that connection, that Clemson connection for the touchdown. However, uh, that offensive line is going to be the key for the Houston Texans, not just passing the football, but also running the football as well. Uh, offensively, the Texans tried to implement a running game last year. wasn't as successful running the football. But, you know, against the Detroit Lions last week, they were so par. It was subpar against a Detroit Lions 0-2 Detroit Lions team right now in the preseason game. Again, the regulars, I mean, the preseason record really doesn't make a big difference. We watch performance. People are trying out. Guys are out there really trying to make a, a dent and trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to make the squad and be the, on that final 53-man roster. Houston Texans have uh, Lamar Miller as their running back, so you know he's going to be their go-to guy. And hopefully things will work out and they progress running the football this year. Uh, some other things that jumped out to me offensively uh, was Joe Webb third. Uh, Joe Webb is a similar style to Deshaun Watson as a dual threat quarterback. Uh, had bigger stats against the uh, Green Bay Packers last week, well, week before last, but last weekend of finishing 14 for 25 for 186 yards, uh, one touchdown and one interception, and he gave up a sack. Joe Webb is really their hope right now at the second screen quarterback. Uh, Webb is a really big quarterback. He can very mobile. He can move around at 6'4", 231 uh, out of UAB. He's going to be the guy that the Texans, if anything ever happens to Deshaun Watson, go down. Joe Webb, the third, would be the guy that's going to fill in in those shoes, those huge shoes for Deshaun Watson. So, uh, like what I saw out of Webb, I like how he's progressing. His confidence is starting to build up, and he's getting more comfortable at the quarterback position uh, for uh, Bill O'Brien's offense. Uh, A.J. McCarron is also a quarterback for backup quarterback for the Houston Texans. So kind of summing up offensively, a lot of guys got a few reps. Offensively, the open drive was impressive. The Houston Texans moving down the field, playing out the adrenaline and the atmosphere of their home fans was able to move the ball down the field, 75 yards, opening drive. Uh, Deshaun Watson connecting with uh, DeAndre Hopkins for that touchdown, which kind of sealed the deal for those two, and they were done for the night. Offensively, uh, the Texans were very aggressive in the first half, putting up about 17 points in the first half, and they ended up finishing up with another touchdown in the fourth quarter. So, rounding up to make it 30-23 to for the Texans win. So, uh, you know, my thing is this. Can the Texas offensive line continue to produce and protect Deion, uh, Deshaun Watson going forward? If that's the case, then we're going to look at a team like the Texans going to make a real strong push, not just in the regular season, but also in the postseason. I'm excited to see that. I want Deshaun Watson to be able to stand upright, play vertical, not be on the ground. Again, he was the most hit quarterback last year, 62 sacks. I want to see him be very – I want to see him to be able to be more comfortable like I saw him in college, but also be able to go through his progressions and find the right target and make smart decisions. Uh, you know, you know, Coach O'Brien's going to call the plays for him to be successful. It's up to Deshaun Watson to execute and make those things happen. All right, then. Let's go ahead and see what's jumping on a little bit more that happened offensively 
before we move into the defensive side of the ball. Uh, again, the Texans is, was in the joint practice with the Lions all week, so they got a feel for the Lions' defense. Not surprised there. They were able to jump out there and, and get out to a fast start offensively uh, against the Detroit Lions. They end up finishing out, let's see here, first down-wise, they end up getting uh, about 22 first downs compared to Detroit Lions 18. Uh, total plays, they have more total plays, 72 to Detroit uh, 61. Total offense, total yards, uh, which was impressive. It looks like the Texans had a really balanced attack offensively. They ended up finishing up with uh, 410 yards uh, to the Lions, 388 yards uh, passing. Lions did a better job passing the football at 298, whereas, you know, Texans had 242. But without Lamar Miller playing, the Texans ran the ball very, very well. They finished up the game rushing for 168 compared to the Lions' uh, 90 rushing. So, as you can see, turnovers was balanced, two and two turnovers, but time of possession was the key for the Texans. They were to control the clock, hold on to the football, and, and keep momentum on this side of the field was huge for the Houston Texans. So uh, a good effort. They're going to need that same effort as they travel on the road and play the Dallas Cowboys, their interstate rival, on week three of the NFL preseason uh, debut. And, and if you're a Texas fan, you want to see how they're going to match up against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have their hands full right now with a lot of their uh, issues. And we're going to talk about the Cowboys as well a little bit later when we get my super producer, A-Rod, to chime in and give me his thoughts on the Ezekiel Elliott holdout as well as some other things that's going around the NFL. All right, guys, it looks like it's almost time for me to take a break. I'm thinking I'm coming up on that first break here in the show. So if that's the case, then I'm going to go ahead and break down. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little Houston Texans defense, some holdouts with Jadavion Clowney, as well as some other things in the NFL. Next on that show, next on the show, Outside the Huddle with your host, Levon Williams. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the boys are going after a mixed bag of outdoor pursuits, ranging from offshore adventures, big buck takedowns, and wildlife land management tips. Joining Jim and Trav is Dan Perez, host of Whitetail Properties, Captain Trey PK with Voodoo Crew, and David Morris of Tecamati Whitetail Nation. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. 
Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the show Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On this Wednesday, August the 21st evening, going into the nighttime. The sun is still up here in Houston. I know it's hot. Well, it's that dry heat over there in Phoenix, Arizona with my super producer, A-Rod. A-Rod, how you doing, man? You beating the heat over there in uh, Arizona? For the most part, inside the studio right now, it's uh, it's about uh, 76 in here, and outside is about 110. So, you know, I, I'm taking my chances <laughs> inside, and it's working out for me. 110. Let's, let's, let's tackle that real quick. Let's unpack that. 110. How do you deal with 110 type of heat? I know it's dry heat. It's not like the heat here in Houston, but 110 in Arizona. Is that one of those where you sit in the car on your AC and you run right into the building? You know, even running your car out here with this heat, you know, can cause your battery to go out, making you even, you know, having less of a car to work on AC out here. It's just... You know, finding shade and hoping for the, a good breeze, and that's pretty much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of breeze, right now the Cowboys are looking like they're, they're taking a breeze bars, uh, not having their star running back in Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott, you haven't been paying attention to the NFL or been sleeping on the rock. Ezekiel Elliott, the star running back for the Dallas Cowboys, is in a real hostile holdout with the Dallas Cowboys with two years left on his original rookie deal. Uh, he's using his leverage right now against the Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys owner Jared Jones, and not showed up to has not showed up to the training camp thus far. Uh, Jared Jones has made a comment jokingly saying that Ezekiel Hugh, Ezekiel Hugh, who after he had a successful game or his team had a successful game last week in Hawaii running the football, so. Uh, A-Rod, I'm going to ask you a question here. Before we jump into the comments of, of, of the Dallas Cowboys on the Jerry Jones, the Ezekiel Elliott holdout, do you feel like it's justified with him having two years left on his original deal? Considering the fact that they, they need a running back and he's been that, the running back that's been giving them yards and giving them you know, the plays and all the stuff that they need, I, I think it's a good deal to just finish out the contract and, you know, and, and hold up the obligations you guys had and worked out uh, with the players. But, you know, at the same time, this is one of those scenarios where we see him trying to hold out against a team for more money and stuff like that. And it's just like, you know, at the end of the day, it's more of a, a opportunity to be on the team versus, you know, like, oh, you just got it because you're good at this. It's, it's more of like they, they, they can easily replace you if issues tend to be how they are now. And it's, just, it's, it's not looking too good for, for Ezekiel. Yeah, it's very tough to go against the grain, especially the NFL, when you're going against a machine like the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, with two years left on his deal, does he have leverage in his mind? His agent feels like they do. 
but the Cowboys gonna have to pony up and pay a lot of good players. Ezekiel Elliott is one. Dak Prescott's coming up on the end of his rookie contract. Then you got Amari Cooper, the wide receiver, uh, out there that they traded for from the Oakland Raiders. So, uh, with that being said, you saw the Cowboys. I know you're not a really big fan of the Cowboys. Actually, you dislike the Cowboys. You don't really care too much for them. But for the most part, if you're Jerry Jones, put yourself in Jerry Jones' shoes right now. If you're Jerry Jones, would you focus more on Ezekiel Zeal or would you focus more on Dak Prescott and your star quarterback? I think it goes more for the quarterback because I, we see a lot of teams struggle without that quarterback. Like they're, they're either you know not playing well or not even nowhere close to being in the playoffs or anything. And it's just like, you know, at, at the end of the day, they're going to have to work out some type of deal money wise to figure out what's going to be best for you know the players' needs and the and the the team's needs. But you know, a quarterback is definitely one of the, one of the things you know you you, you got to. You got to pay up just a little bit more to keep them where they're at, so you, you know that they stay motivated. They're they're hungry. They're ready to play, and not just you know take the game day by day like it's just a regular job. You know, it actually have a reason for them to go out and play. Uh, but yeah, I, I, the Cowboys. I think really it's just that them coming down and to you know working out money with the players that you know that really deserve it or you know do need to earn it. Yeah, and you, you talk about that that Prescott and his, his ability as a star quarterback. Uh, you know, how, how do you, I mean, you have, like Seattle. You're a big Seattle Seahawks fan. You're a big fan of Russell Wilson. What do you think about Dak Prescott? Do you really believe he's a marquee star player? I mean, you see that compared to Russell Wilson. Do you think he's a marquee star uh, quarterback in this league, or you think he's just about average? You know, he, he he's not up there with the Wilsons, you know, and the Bradys and all them. You know, he he's, he's kind of a, a set, you know, quarterback uh, of his own. You know, he... He definitely did have a big turnaround coming in for his first appearance versus you know Tony Romo and what he did in the last several years, and it definitely shows you know when Dak Prescott came in, he he definitely you know upped the Cowboys and made them a little bit more of a more of a threat than what they usually were before, and you know he he definitely did. There was a big uh, 180 uh, uh, between Romo and him, and he definitely is a much more improved player than Romo, but you know. It's really how humble and you know how he can take it, you know, going along in his career, and if you know, he can earn that like that spot of you know like he earned everything he earned instead of you know just oh we, here's money stay with us and just you know stuff like that. Yeah, it just feels like uh, you know Dak is. Uh, I mean, you think about it, Dak is their is their is their go to quarterback. I think he's improved. I think he's getting better each and every year. Uh, I really believe he's going to demand a top dollar from the Cowboys, and rightfully so, the Cowboys are going to pay him. Uh, I mean, they stuck. He definitely is a quarterback you can't overlook, though. You know, he, he's still working out the things you know he needs to do to become great in the in the NFL, and working out you know, taking it year by or season by season. You know, and he's definitely improved when he first got in, and you know, he, he definitely mm-hmm. could be way up there. It's just really you know, the the right coaches and the right people he has around him. You know, that that ultimately help him elevate to be a better quarterback. Yeah, the, and we talked about Amari there, Cooper. Yeah, I was saying we mentioned Amari Cooper. Well, I mentioned Amari Cooper early. It said how they got him in a trade from the Oakland Raiders. Speaking of the Raiders, you take away Amari Cooper there and put him in Dallas, and they replaced him with you know Antonio Brown this summer from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So now Antonio Brown is having a lot of issues from his feet up into a helmet situation. He's filed a grievance with the NFL to be able to wear his old helmet or a similar helmet to that he had in the past. 
So now that you know what you know about Antonio Brown, the fact that he forced his way out of Pittsburgh with the Steelers, he's with Oakland Raiders, do you believe that Antonio has been more of a diva in this situation, or do you really feel like he has uh, a right to kind of complain about the helmet that he wants to use because he's the one going out there on the football field? You know, I, I feel like that should be more of, yeah, definitely like, you know, that that should be a little bit more of a choice for players to choose what helmet they feel, you know, would help them in, in certain situations. But, you know, it, it definitely should still go along the regulations and rules of, you know, the the, the, the standings they have where, you know, where concussions weren't a thing back then, but now they, they've been more of like a serious thing where it feels like, you know, everyone has a, every person on their team has a concussion expert that they go to or their, you know, their personal trainer or whoever it is that they have there, you know. Um, I do feel like, you know, with certain helmets, you know, some helmets can be very heavy. Others can be, you know, bulky. And, you know, there's differences where it, it could play a, an effect, you know, on, on how a player does play. And, you know, they are wearing a lot of weight with those added pads and everything. But, you know, it's for their safety as well. And it's just like I think really that they, they should have a little bit more of a customization of how they are able to, you know, switch out different things. But, you know, still keep it in regulations of, you know, the code that they have with with uh, with health and you know making sure everyone can play good and not have like you know some something bad in their helmet or poison or something and getting some players eyes and you know all that crazy nonsense but just keep it where you know it's still if you want to wear like a nicer helmet that's more made for more cushion and, and more of you know like it's gel versus you know pads something like that i i think really that some players should have a little bit more customization on on their uniforms but again you know at the end of the day, it's against the rules and regulations they have in place for the team and, and of course, the whole organization itself. I think, really, he is kind yeah. of digging his own hole. He's kind of hurting himself, though, and it's uh -huh. really not working out for him. Yeah, I just do. I mean, I, I do feel like he's been a little diva when you get that with receivers. Uh, uh, you know, the Raiders brought him in to be an impact player. He could definitely do that on the field, but so far, there's just been a lot of off-the-field issues that's lingering over from from the Pittsburgh Steelers is rolling on to the New Orleans to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, besides that alone, you know, as far as the helmet situation, productivity-wise, uh, how how will he impact that Oakland Raiders offense? You know, I, I, it'll definitely improve him a lot, but but not by a huge margin. It, you know, they they now have a player they could for sure rely on. You know, you, you know his his history. You've seen what he can do. You, you know that you know, that that player is always going to be. You know. A person you can you can trust in, and I, I feel like you know it, it, as long as they work out you know the you know work out each other's you know issues and you know they they stay communicating and work through the process of stuff. I feel like you know it, it'll definitely improve the throwing game, and you know it, it it's definitely going to make them just a little bit more of a oh we got to you know be careful of of the passes versus you know running and all that. Yeah, I just I mean he's a guy that can spread you deep. I mean I'm pretty sure. Uh, Derek Carr is excited to have with Derek Oakland. <laughs> Despite not being able to throw him through Antonio Brown thus far in preseason, but I think that'll all work out. You know, Mike Neott came out and made a statement that he's either all in or all out. He was talking in reference to uh, Antonio Brown. You got John Gruden as the head coach. He's a personality within himself. So it's a lot of alphas on that team right now. From Mike Neott to John Gruden. Uh, Derek Carr is trying to improve and get back to where he used to be successful as a quarterback. And you, you insert Antonio Brown. Hopefully, it can get things worked out and things will turn around offensively or get everybody on the same page and, and go out there and have some fun. Because it just it feels like 
to me, there's a lot of drama, unnecessary drama early on in Antonio Brown's career with the with the Oakland Raiders. Now, uh, let's see here. All right, let's go and break now. When we come back, I want to get your thoughts on your Seattle Seahawks as well as uh, let's talk specs or fail football. Next one, Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On this Wednesday, August the 21st. Man, the year is going by quick. Speaking of going by quick, this show is going by quick. We're in segment number three of the show. And joining me, like every week, is my super, super producer, A-Rod. And A-Rod, so far, you see how the Seahawks, man, they're one and one. I watched them last Sunday. Was it Sunday night or Saturday night? I can't remember. I think it was Sunday night. I think you it was guys, yeah, Sunday tra- against the Vikings. Yeah, y'all traveled and played Minnesota and, and Played the Vikings, I end up losing twenty five to nineteen. So overall, give me your thoughts on that game. Uh, I know it's preseason; it's early. You guys beat the Broncos in Week One, Week Two. You lost to Minnesota, but give me your general thoughts on your Seattle Seahawks. You know they they, they look good. They 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 look all right, considering you know with the preseason, it's a lot of individuals you know showing out of their talent and you know what they can do. And it it seemed more like Pete Carroll really was you know throwing out you know players and stuff like that to see what they can do and how how offense defense and everyone will react and you know 
looking at it, you know, it was more of a, you know, uh, I, I can tell Pete Carroll's taking his chance, looking over, you know, which players are going to help out in the final roster of them going into the full season. But, you know, without a doubt, though, the, the, the Seahawks look, look good. I mean, a couple of things they could, they could fix on defense and offense. It seemed a little bit more on offense. A lot of the O-line still needs a little bit more tight, tightening up. But, you know, it, it's still the Seahawks, you know. They, they, still have a, they, they still are a threat. You know, you can't leave them – can't leave them, you know, uh, without a doubt, you know, that, that, that they can definitely, you know, move the chains, get plays done, and, you know, they're, they're definitely a competitive team. Yeah. Speaking of offense, Russell Wilson finished 6-9, 82 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. But the backup quarterbacks play a lot of minutes as well. Pax and Lynch. What, I mean, Pax and Lynch, what do you expect from him this season as a backup quarterback? You know, he, he definitely sh- – he did – Fairly well, you know. I think if he if, if spends a little bit more time with Russell, you know, work out like you know that how Russell does his playthroughs and how he moves through the motions and stuff like that. I think I think he could definitely you know be good backup quarterback in case if you know something severe did happen to Wilson or Wilson just you know decides to retire. I think I think they will be they they will be you know in a good position with him. But you know at the same time he's still got to work through you know being in the game when he's in the game versus practice. And I think I think really if the chemistry if they work out. And you know, practice with each other and go over things a lot. I think really, you know, you could throw either one in in, in any game, and I feel like you know they can they can get the job done. But it still, you know, you see with a lot of uh, quarterbacks, you know, especially the, the secondary ones, some of them still can't get past the jitters of being in, you know, being out on the field and actually doing the, the motions of what they need to be doing. You you could definitely see, you know, they need to work more on their confidence, you know, of going out there. But yeah, I think really. Everything is, looks pretty good. I, I, I mean, with, with, as long as Wilson stays in there for, for as long as he does, I think the Seahawks will be fine, and I think he's, he's definitely going to be a good you know, backup quarterback if, if need be. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a good help for Russell Wilson if he ever goes down. Pete Carroll will get him coached up. Hopefully everything goes well for Russell. That way he doesn't have to use Lynch, but Lynch should be able to be fine. With J.T. Barrett also, a guy at Ohio State, uh, had one interception uh, in the preseason game, 0 for 3. Now, what's important for you guys, Seattle Seahawks this year, will be your running game, man. Uh, Chris Carson, how, how confident are you about Chris Chris Carson, Chris Carson this year for the Seattle Seahawks? You know, he seemed a little bit more hungrier this year. You know, it shows that he's definitely, you know, wants to, you know, put up some numbers and, you know, be that that player of running. And it's just, I've noticed now a lot in the NFL that a lot of teams really haven't been running as much, and, you know, when when they do get a good running play, you know certain certain running backs do stand out, and you know with with, with our with our running back Carson, you know he he definitely can he could definitely move the chains, you know whenever he can get through gaps, find you know find holes, he could definitely be a threat. But you know he he still isn't. He's still you know um, little couple things they could they could work on, you know tighten him up just a little bit more. But again, you know the running game is definitely hard, you know going against any team because a lot of people shut the running game down before in anything. And you know it's it. He's definitely doing good, and it, it, I think this is probably the best I've seen him in a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, playing how he's been playing, and if he keeps it up, just like how he is, I think he'll have a good season. Yeah, I and mean, here's the thing that was shocking to me about the Seattle Seahawks offense this year is that y'all have a bunch of no-name receivers. I mean, you think about it, you got guys that if they make a their you know their debut in week one and really step their game up. You know Russell Wilson is going to give them the football, but they can make a name for themselves and be a star receiver in that division as well as for the Seattle Seahawks. 
Yeah, it definitely. It feels like we have just no star <laughs> receiver yet. We have running backs now and, and linemen and, you know, linebackers, and it's just like no one really in the passing game, and, you know, it's open. It, it, it's there for the grabs. Anyone can, you know, take it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this season uh, for, for Seattle offensively. Defensively, they've got some, you know, some, some, some good guys on there defensively. you got the Griffin uh, twins. Uh, hopefully things will continue to progress with them. I'm looking, I'm just scanning through some of the guys, Trey Flowers. Uh, you know, the days of the Legion of Boom is gone, so you guys got, you know, some young talent in the secondary there. And it just seems like, man, these guys going to be, it's going to be a young, fun, fun team uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. We got Earl Mitchell. He used to be with the Houston Texans. I remember Earl. He was with the 49ers last year, and now he's with the Texans. I mean, with the Seattle Seahawks. So, I don't know, man. I mean, overall, how do you think you guys are going to compete in the NFC West? I think I think they're going to do good like always. You know, they're, it won't be the best record and it won't be the worst record, but it's going to be, you know, a good average of, you know, uh, of what they do. And I feel, you know, this season, it's definitely going to be a little bit better than last season. And I feel, you know, as long as they, they work out the little kinks and, you know, communications right and stuff like that, they they, they definitely could be the, the the old Seahawks to win another championship. But, you know. We'll just have to yeah. see when it goes into the next season. We just got to wait for preseason to end and, you know, see how the how it starts off with the, the first two weeks of, you know, the NFL being back. Gotcha. Staying in the NFC West and a team that you know a lot about in the state of Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals, kick off their preseason with a rookie quarterback. And I uh, want to get your thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals. What are, you, what are you seeing out there? What are you hearing? And what is your expectations with the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, not not too good. I mean, I, I caught a little bit of of the last uh, the game this weekend, and you know they just wow, they just look really scattered out, and it, it it just it looked like it was the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, and it wasn't the Cardinals. It was just the Cardinals with Larry Fitzgerald, and it it just looked bad. I mean, Kyler Murray came out, you know, his, some of his throws were way over, some of them were short. Half the time he was just getting sacked. It just I don't know what was going on. I, I definitely I can understand, you know, the jitters of, you know, coming out there and, you know, trying to perform and, you know, working with the players that you have. But it's just the Cardinals all all, the, all, all along this, that whole game, it just seemed like no one really was working together. It seemed more like everyone was just trying to find a, a rhythm of their own to earn, a, earn their position. It's just like, no, you guys need to work together. But, you know. It's still the preseason. We're still seeing how he's how Cliff Kingsbury is going to be working out players and what the final roster will be. But you know, judging from this last game, it just man, I, they they need some work. They need a lot more tightening up. And yeah, it, it, that game was just a little bit, a little bit, a little of a nerve wrecker. Yeah, what do you think about the backup quarterback of Brent Hunt? A little. A little bit better, but not as b- good, you know. It's still, it was a lot of players, you know, playing for themselves and not really, you know, as a team. It just didn't seem like no one was really communicating well, except, you know, maybe one or two players, but it just didn't seem like the whole team was really in there. Yeah, I just felt like Colin Murray tried to put too much on the shoulders early on as a young rookie. Felt a lot of pressure from the Raiders, defensive front, front seven. Uh, couldn't make anything happen. Got to find out. They got to learn more about picking up the blitz packages. Uh, you know, the NFL man. Once you get film out there, 
teams are being able to make those adjustments and see how to attack Kyle Murray. Uh, I thought Brent Hundley was a little bit more patient offensively. He only had, uh, he finished up with 139 passing yards, 10 for 15. Uh, so, Arizona, man, this, everybody's putting a lot of pressure on the rookie, right? Rightfully so. He was the number one draft pick. Yeah. And, and got, yeah, definitely. I agree with that. You, you see it a lot. Yeah, and he has the keys to the franchise right now. So let's see how it plays out. You know, with Larry Fitzgerald, the old veteran, we'll see how everything. I, I think their tempos will be a lot quicker compared to what we see in the preseason right now. So, uh, Yeah, I do agree with that. It, it was a lot quicker, though, but it seemed a little bit more quicker without rhythm of, you know, how they needed to be doing things. It's just like, go out there and go. Just go. And it just... It, it seemed better. I like the energy, but I just a lot of it. The execution just wasn't fully there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll let's see what the schedule looks like tomorrow. Uh, preseason week three, week three of preseason. Let's see who Seattle's playing. I know Texas are playing Dallas. I'm going to give you my prediction on that. It's preseason. Why not? I think the uh, Texans will end up winning that on the road. Uh, Cowboys have a lot of off the field issues as well as. Uh, they're one-dimensional with that Prescott. I think the Texans starters will play a lot of reps, live dress rehearsal before the regular season kicks off, and uh, I think the Texans will win that one. Let's go ahead and jump down. Let's see the Thursday night games. Uh, you got Jacksonville versus Miami on Fox. Real quick, A-Raw, who do you think will win that game? Uh, you know, that that I don't know. That that one could be a 50-50. I I. I, I I'm going to go with Jacksonville on this one. Okay. I'll take Miami based on their house at their home. Uh, I want to see what uh, Josh Rosen does. I mean, you know, I don't know if he's going to get a lot of reps or not, but I'm interested to see what Josh Rosen is going to do against Jacksonville. Friday night games, you got Cleveland versus Tampa Bay and Buffalo and Detroit. Uh, you know, I'm going to take Tampa. No, I'll take Cleveland over Tampa. And uh, I'll give it to Detroit at home. All right, Saturday games, uh, let's see here. Again, the Texans will travel and play the Dallas Cowboys. Said the Texans will win that one over the Cowboys. Late night game on Saturday night, your Seattle Seahawks will travel to L.A. and play the Chargers. What you got? What's your prediction on that one? You know, it's still being the last preseason game. I think we might lose that one just because, you know, it looks like Pete Carroll is definitely, you know, seeing – what combinations work. I, I think it, it'll still be a decent game. I think it'll still show, you know, a little bit more of what, you know, what bo- bo- both teams need to work on. And, you know, it's just I, – I, I'm definitely going with my Seahawks in this, and you know, I feel like they, they, they could get the job done, but we'll see. All right. I'm going to go with the Chargers, huh, just because it's the Chargers at home against Seattle. Sunday night game, Pittsburgh versus Tennessee. I know it's preseason. Uh, let's go and give it – I'm going to get Tennessee the win over that. Uh, over Pittsburgh, so who do you think will win that game on Sunday night? Yeah, the, I'm going to give it to Tennessee, too. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, last dress rehearsal for Ben Roethlisberger. Guys are going to play a lot of minutes, but at the end of the day, the youngsters want to pull it out for Tennessee and get that victory over Pittsburgh. Alright, that's the music there. It's time for us to take a break. We're going to break. When we come back, we're going to switch it up go from the NFL to the XFL. Next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On this Wednesday night, wrapping up the show, the last segment of the day, we went from the NFL. Now we're at the XFL. XFL, if you haven't paid attention here in the last year, uh, <clears throat> my producer, A-Rod, just figured it out today that the Houston, I mean, that the XFL League will be kicking off February 2020. Uh, it's a spring league, uh, 10 weeks of football. I'm excited about it because there's a franchise here in Houston. Uh, revealing the names, starting with the Dallas Renegades, and you have the Houston Roughnecks, you have the Los Angeles Wildcats, New York Gardeners, you have St. Louis Battlehawks, you have the Seattle Dragons, Tampa Bay Vipers, and the Washington Defenders. So, A-Rod, your original thoughts on these names of these teams uh, when you first heard about it during the, during the break. <laughs> You know, they they just they sound like it sounds like baseball teams. It doesn't really sound like football teams, but you know, it, it's just something with the new league. We just got to get over the names, you know. <laughs> I think really they should have had you know outside public you know choose on what names could be a name and go from there. But it just feels like you know a lot of these just feel like baseball and hockey teams, and it's just I don't know. <laughs> something got yeah, to do. 
I'm just getting around to the, I like the Houston Roughnecks. It's like, you said enough, you get used to it. So I'm getting used to the Dallas Renegades. You thought, you think just based on logo and, and name, you think Dallas going to have a chance to win it all? Judged off the logo, it looks pretty good. Compared to everyone else's logo, it looks like they're for a college team. And it just, you know, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> judging a lot from visual stuff, but, you know, I, the team could be terrible itself. But who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see. Houston Roughnecks, though, I'll definitely be at their game. Ten weeks of football, I'm excited to have spring football. Some young, up-and-coming talent getting a chance to showcase their skill set is going to be a fast-paced, spread them out uh, type of league. Uh, with June Jones being the head coach in Houston for the for the Roughnecks, and uh, former Oklahoma Sooner coach Bob Stoops is the coach in Dallas. Uh, they got some credible coaches, man. Uh, DC uh, Washington Defenders have Hamilton, offensive coordinator, used to be with the Colts, and his, uh, and he was an offensive coordinator for the Michigan Wolverines. So I'm excited to see how this thing plays out. And I think uh, this league is not going to be financially challenged like the last spring league, the A was it the AAC league. I think this league is going to be well marketed, marketed through uh, uh, their CEO, commissioner, Oliver Luck. Uh, you know, they got financial backing behind them with the WWE founder and the owner of the XFL and Vince McMahon. Uh, this time around, I think he learned a lot from the first year that, or the first time he had the XFL to have more uh, substance instead of flash. Uh, so I think putting Oliver in a position to be the CEO of the commissioner will allow that to take place. And, you know, especially in the state of Texas, we've got two franchises, one in Dallas, one in Houston. You can never get enough football here. Uh, it looks like in your home, well, not in your home city. I don't know if it's your home city or not, A-Rod, but a city that you love a lot is Seattle. You're a big Seattle Seahawks fan. They got the Dragons up there in Seattle. What do you think? How do you think the fan base is going to embrace this XFL football team in Seattle? Oh, they're going to embrace it with full arms and everything. You know, it's Seattle, come on, man. The fan base down there is unreal for anything, even for, you know, the Sounders. You know, I don't know if you've ever been to a Sounders game, but I'm telling you that that place can get packed and it's just like you can't even <laughs> buy tickets to even see that and you know i feel i feel like they're gonna do perfectly fine there and i and you know I, i'm i'm definitely i might even root for them myself because you know i feel like they, they, <laughs> they can get the job done i mean this logo here it, it looks a little you know a little little janky but you know it, it it's definitely you know it, it's a dragon you man how could you not how could you not like a dragon <laughs> yeah but i got you I, yeah. I think yeah i think they're gonna do well fan base everything and you know I, this this is a perfect time for another league to definitely come on in, especially with today's you know uh, way of m- social media and getting c- information out. I think really you know it's it's going to be good. I, I I don't see anything really bad going going bad for them. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, man. Uh, you the team you mentioned the Sounders that us off of the soccer team. Uh, the Sounders, yeah, yeah, yeah. That soccer team is real. I mean, that stadium is just wild. The 12th man, I don't think the 12th man is going to roll. I mean, the 12th man fan base will roll over to the XFL uh, games, but I think that trademark for the 12th man stays with Seattle Seahawks. So uh, maybe they might name them something else there in Seattle. But, uh, I mean, they do. They have a lot of loyal people, loyal fans, and 
in Seattle come out and support the game. I'll tell you a franchise, looking at these eight franchises, I'll tell you a franchise to me is really going to embrace having football back in their city is St. Louis. You know, missing the Rams and seeing the success of the Los Angeles Rams going to the Super Bowl and St. Louis having a used to have a championship team with Kirk Warren and those guys now getting an XFL team. I really believe St. Louis is going to embrace the Battle Hawks uh, team and, and, and pack that house out, that stadium out every week when football kicks off here in the spring. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be great for them, too, because, you know, it. it I, I went and visited St. Louis after the whole deal, after the, uh, the Rams went over to L.A. and everything, and it just, you know, it – you could tell sports-wise the energy just wasn't fully there just without that, a, a football team being there. And I feel, you know, with this new team coming in, I think they're definitely going to take that in open arms and they're, they're definitely going to, you know, embrace them. And hopefully they, they stay around long enough to be there to be their, their own home, you know, their home team and everything. But it just, yeah, it, it, you could definitely feel the energy over there when, when the Rams left and it just felt like, you know, everyone then just had to become, you know, a, a St. Louis Cardinals fan. And it's just, that was pretty much it. <laughs> And I, I think with this new team, it'll definitely help them out. Oh, yeah. It'll, it'll, it's not going to heal those wounds of the Los Angeles you know, St. Louis Rams leave. But it can, it, it, it can, it can kind of put a Band-Aid on it uh, for, the sake, for the sake of just saying put the Band-Aid over it and just making sure that they're comfortable or at least satisfied with some football in Missouri and St. Louis. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, uh, Landry Jones was the first quarterback to sign with XFL. Uh, Landry Jones was the former quarterback for Oklahoma. Uh, had a chance to play in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steelers. Is now actually the first quarterback to sign with the XFL franchise. So, how huge is it for Landry Jones to get an opportunity now to re- resurface and kind of revitalize his career in the XFL? I think it'll be good. I mean, I, the XSFL definitely is is a good, you know, it, it's definitely going to be good because it, it now gives other players that, you know, that may have played for a team for a year or so another opportunity and shot to, you know, redeem themselves and their reputation and, you know, go out and do better. And I feel, you know, th- this opportunity for, for any player that gets on, in, a, in a XFL should definitely, you know, embrace it and hope, you know, for the best and see that, you know, other NFL teams may, you know, scout or look at some of these players. But definitely I, I feel like it'll be a great you know, reappearance for him, and it'll definitely help out him, help out his reputation. It's just a matter of you know if he still has that same athletic ability that he did have when he left. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he definitely will have an opportunity to throw football around. Uh, he signed with the XFL. I'm assuming, without knowing, I'm assuming he's going to uh, he's going to go to uh, the Dallas team and play with his former coach and Bob Stoops. But you can never know until you figure it out, until you find out. But I'm assuming, I'm assuming that he's going to go and, uh, and play in Dallas. But, you know, that's the key is having an opportunity. And the XFL provides an opportunity for a lot of young players. A lot of players, too, with some, some experience to keep stay current and, and get back out there and be active and, and make a name for themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. I couldn't right. say that any better. All right. How much time we have left before we wrap up the show, buddy? We got about two minutes here. Two minutes. All right. We're going to roll the dice here out of the eight franchises. Who do you think will play in their 
championship game. Uh, I know you say you like Dallas Renegades, but who do you think will send a championship game and be the, the champion in, in April 2020? Uh, again, I don't know who's who's on what players have what what team has what players and everything. But judging off, you know, based off the logos and stuff, it, it looks like I could definitely see a good a good fight with you know uh, the Guardians and the Battlehawks. I I feel like that'll be a pretty good game, basing off their logos and stuff. But for me, I, I would love to see Seattle Dragons against the Dallas Renegades. Huh? All right. Well, I'm gonna stay local. I hope, hopefully, the Houston Rednecks, Rednecks. It's not gonna be the first time I said that was the last time. The Houston Roughnecks, excuse me, not Rednecks. Houston Roughnecks <laughs> will be will be in the mix, <laughs> and, and hopefully they can step step up and make it to the championship. Hopefully, I don't see that a lot later on down the road. But the Houston Roughnecks, so. All right, man. Uh, time for us to wrap up the show. Got what, less than two minutes? One minute? Uh, we got 30 seconds now. 30 seconds. I want to thank everybody out there for listening to the show outside the huddle. Uh, until we meet again next Wednesday, have a great weekend and bless you. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.